This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 54, Rules of Thumb for Taking Out a Bank-on-Yourself Policy Loan. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious. Be stable. Be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, to our latest episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Um, I am your host, Holly Bach, here today, and also with me here today is co-host Mark Willis. Howdy. All right, everyone. So we are going to be kind of jumping into a little bit of a different topic here today. And really, it's revolving around a topic and a question that we get from our clients and we discuss with our clients a lot. Um, Really, this is a question that comes up time and time again for us. And really, the question is, you know, just this idea of when should I take out a policy loan? So we have talked in previous episodes kind of the logistics of taking out a loan, what that looks like, how it works, what the timeline looks like, you know, maybe what are some of the advantages and disadvantages, but we really didn't necessarily dive into, I guess, specific scenarios of when it might be appropriate to take out that policy loan. And it didn't really go into into detail what to do when you have a situation maybe where you have some cash lying around, but you also have cash inside your policy. And so, you know, what do you do? And which one do you use in that type of scenario? So that's what we kind of wanted to jump into uh, here today. Yeah, no, it's, it is a, it's, it's not a cut and uh, clean, cut and dry situation. Uh, when we talk about thinking like a banker, and we talk about this mindset shift and learning to value your own warehouse of wealth over letting other people take money out of your pocket and letting instead that money pour into your pocket through becoming your own source of financing, we can quickly get caught up in that, the spirit of that. And, you know, I've even had folks tell me that their aim is to let their income be the same as their premium, right? So letting 100% of their income go into policies and then just buy their groceries out of their policies, that sort of thing. I mean, and I'm, I'm like cheering them on. I'm like, you get it. You get the mindset. You have made, you've become the revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet there are, I'd say, guidelines or rules of thumb. Uh, let's start with just a few guidelines. And I'm going to go for uh, just these first two. And then we've got uh, f- about four rules that we give our clients when working with them. So just some things to keep in mind. Again, these are rules of thumb, meaning they're meant to be broken on occasion, uh, but some good heuristics. Here they go. So uh, when should you use a loan from your policy and when should you pay cash? Well, the first thing I always tell folks is, you know, the first kind of simple guideline is use the policy if it would take you more than six months to save for that thing, whatever it is. So, you know, that cancels out a lot of small stuff. The microwave oven, you write, the uh, smartphone, whatever. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to come from your policy if it's going to only take you a month or two or even six to save for it. So some folks are like, well, why is that? Why six months? Well, it's kind of arbitrary. Um, but, you know, if let's think about it for a moment. If your policy is growing and being paid dividends every 12 months, that's the point by which that crossover happens. The policy is being paid even on the capital you've borrowed out to buy your new car. 
for example, right? Uh, so in the event that you've got a two-month repayment on a small little microwave oven from the, the hardware store or whatever, all you've done is you've taken a loan out from the life insurance company, and it's accrued a little bit, very small amount, but still a, you know, a, a real amount of loan interest. Don't forget, these policies do get charged interest when you borrow against them. Now, we've talked in other episodes about how that interest ultimately benefits you, but the truth is that's really when um, you've, you've been paying on it for at least six months and, and more like a year. Why six months? Because the odds are better than even at six months that you will cross over your dividend date, mm-hmm. you know, after six months. Any thoughts on that, Holly? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. So we're essentially trying to create this dynamic where when you're taking out the policy loan, you want it to actually be to your benefit. And typically, like you said, it'll take around six months for that point to happen just due to the fact that, you know, statistically, you'll have crossed over your policy anniversary and you'll actually have received growth on that money while it's not inside. Otherwise, if you don't cross over that policy anniversary, then really you're just kind of just paying interest and not necessarily actively seeing that money grow in that period of time. Um, but again, there's still benefit you know, mm-hmm. to paying yourself interest rather than another person. But that's why we're talking about cash. You know, mm-hmm. When cash is the alternative, not, this is not a scenario where it's financing with yourself and financing with someone else. This is right. cash versus financing with yourself. Correct. Yeah. We're not talking about, hey, should we get the credit card or our policy here? We're talking about paying yeah. cash for things <laughs> or using our policy loan. Yeah. Obviously, um, cash is great. Paying cash is better than using traditional financing methods. And for small stuff, I'm of the opinion that paying cash is better than using our policy loan. And the reason why, one more time, is if it takes you just three or four months to pay back your policy loan, or even a few weeks or whatever for small stuff, then all you did was accrue a little bit of policy loan interest. Let's say 10 bucks, right, for the $400 smartphone or $1,000 smartphone. (laughs) Good night. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's an extra $10 of interest to the life insurance company, and you didn't get a dividend for that money over the same period of time. So that's, that's our first little rule of thumb. You know, push back on that. Maybe there's reasons to do and not do that, but that's our rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. The second is if you have cash in your savings account, and let's say you want to remodel your kitchen, you know, something like that, okay? And you've already got the 10 grand or whatever it's going to take to um, remodel your kitchen. And let's say that also another kind of condition here is you wouldn't be faced with a cash crunch after paying for your kitchen remodel. In other words, you wouldn't feel like right after you bought or paid for the kitchen that you had nothing left for the flat tires of life. And so the third condition there is there's no more room in your policies to add any more cash or pay off any other loans. Then go ahead and pay cash for the kitchen remodel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the second guideline. You know, again, if you've got cash to pay for it, a big purchase, and you wouldn't be faced with a liquidity crunch, and there's still no more room in your policies to put the money in first, uh, then go ahead and pay cash. Or, and you know, one of our favorite things to do is, hey, start another policy. When you've baked up all your other existing policies and they're all, all full to the hilt, th- and you're pretty certain that you can keep putting money into a policy in future years, mm-hmm. then put a policy together first and then buy the kitchen. Right. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that one, Holly? Yeah. So, I mean, really, essentially, these rule of thumbs that, again, we've created. I mean, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. these are rule of thumbs that you know, we mm-hmm. came up with. This is not necessarily, um, you know, what 
we would say other, you know, we've studied other people yeah. saying or anything like that. Like these are just rules that we've come with. We've apocryphal. dealt with mm-hmm. as we've <laughs> as we've um, dealt with clients and even used our policies ourselves. Mm, that's right. So um, really, when it comes to these rules of thumb that we practice, it kind of hinges on on two criteria. When again, we're talking about a cash versus policy loan scenario, and so the first thing is just you know how quickly do you plan to pay the loan off? Okay, so that's kind of like the first thing, just right off the bat, how long are you planning on this taking you to pay off? And if you think reasonably six months or more, okay, now continue reading almost, right? You know, it's right. kind of like the whole yes, no thing, mm. like keep going if the answer is yes, or you're done if the answer is no. It's a choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. So um, you're like, okay, yeah, this could reasonably take me more than six months. Then kind of like the next layer is, okay, you know, maybe what, does the room in my policies look like as far as funding them? Do I already have loans outstanding? That sort of thing. Because we're, we're also kind of just evaluating and looking at that cash that you have on hand. You know, what might mm-hmm. be the best and highest use of that cash? And so the reason why... Like it matters if you have this wiggle room and you have extra room in your policies is because there's a good chance that this money, that cash you have lying around, would actually work hardest for you if you fully funded all your policies with that cash that's Mm -hmm. just lying around anyways, and then used a combination of the cash that's left and maybe even a policy loan um, as well to cover whatever that purchase may have been. So, you know, if you have just let's say $1,000 lying around, it might make sense to, you know, if you can even only squeeze in 700 into your policy, that's all that extra room that's left, go ahead, put that 700 bucks in, you'll still have 300 left over, you can put that towards your purchase, and then only take out a policy loan for the difference of how much more you needed above the 300 that was left. Why is that? Kind of break that down. What's important about why do we put money into a policy first and then immediately take it right back out? That seems like uh, an extra step not convenient. Mm -hmm. Why is it better to do that? I mean, it is an extra step for sure. So I guess from a, you know, expedience standpoint or, you know, convenience standpoint, definitely not the most convenient option, but it's all about getting the poli- or getting the money inside the policy. Um, just from what we've talked about on previous episodes and, you know, what people you know, should know at this point about how these work. It's just that your money's going to continue growing inside the policy, but that can't happen unless it goes it's in, inside inside first. the policy yeah, yeah. okay and yeah. so we have to actually make you know make that payment put that into the policy so that the insurance company like registers it processes it says okay you sent in an extra you know two thousand dollars here's the appropriate cash value here's the yep. appropriate death benefit for that amount it has now been um, you know kind of attributed to your policy values and then you say okay great thanks for that can I have it back now? Right. <laughs> Pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will. I mean, that's how it works. You can just turn around and take a loan out pretty much as soon as the check clears. You yep. know, their their systems, there's normally a couple business day lag where they're like, okay, we just want to make sure everything clears, all the money gets to us. And then as soon as we get the green light, a couple business days later, go ahead, you know, submit that loan request and then you'll see it back in your account, yep. you know, a couple business days later. Mm, that's great. Wow. So, so, so in a sense, uh, those two guidelines are kind of part of one rule, which we call, you know, learning to think as policy loans as saving on the other side of the purchase. Wow, that's a, that's a mind shift right there. Saving on the other side of making my purchase. Usually when I'm paying for something after I bought it, it's because I'm in debt, right, to mm-hmm. a credit card. And I'm having to pay for that Disney vacation uh, after coming back home when I'm back to work and whatever. Mm-hmm. But here we are, we're saving on the other side of the purchase. 
so uh, you know that, that to me is a new way of thinking because as I repay policy loans, it's really me freeing up money in my policy uh, to spend again someday, mm-hmm. either on the next Disney World trip because uh, those things apparently come every year, uh, <laughs> or uh, retirement ultimately. So any thoughts on kind of our rule number one there of learning to think of policy repayments as saving on the other side of the purchase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I think it's an interesting way of thinking about it when, like you said, typically the only other alternative is seeing it as a debt, right? You mm-hmm. know, So when you think about, oh, I, I spent something, now I need to pay it back. The normal line of thinking is always like, oh, I went into debt, you know, and so you could kind of see your policy loan as a debt. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas that way of thinking, I guess the way you described it, it just gives you kind of another perspective on it, you know, rather than seeing it as, oh, okay, this is this, you know, big debt to myself. It's just, hey, you know, do you want to pay it back so that you can just have more savings available later? Sure. You Mm -hmm. know, and if you do, then yeah, slowly pay it back as you're able. If you don't, then don't. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Too. So. Well, when when to break rule number one or these guidelines we've given so far would be uh, if you have the policy value but you don't have it in liquid cash. So I'm not a fan of taking loans out for mm-hmm. the smartphone as as is the example for today. But if you if you truly needed that thing, whatever it is, and you were comfortable to wait three to five business days to get the loan, and you didn't for whatever reason have money in the checking account or savings account then you can use a policy loan for small stuff too. I've, I would not, I, I think you probably shouldn't buy it if you don't have it in, if you don't have small enough amounts of cash to pay for for small things in cash. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it's your money. You get to decide what you want to do with that. So what, what are some things we could take loans out for? Uh, we always use the example of a car, you mm-hmm. know, in our conversations, but what else? You know, like, um, you know, we've said, Probably not a cell phone, but what about maybe a laptop? Well, again, I probably think most of our listeners could save for a laptop within six months. How about maybe a deductible for your health insurance? Well, it comes down to what your deductible is. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got a $10,000 deductible, maybe yeah, you do use that'll hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen folks with that and more sometimes. So what are some other ones, Holly? Um, I mean, I just kind of think about stuff I've thought about for myself, um, you know, realistically in, in my future and what I kind of see myself as saving for in my policies, um, you know, down payment on a home, mm-hmm. um, I know is a big one for me. That'll probably be a good chunk yep. <laughs> of it. Um, even just, I mean, not this one necessarily so much for myself, but we'll see, you know, is home remodeling, you know, once you have mm-hmm. the home, what about if you, you know, want to do some updates, whether that's just buying a batch of new appliances or completely gutting, you know, a room and and building it, rebuilding it from scratch. So, I mean, just things like that. Um, Home related can be really, um, really helpful. I mean, of course, we had a couple episodes just a a little while back all about real estate investing and how it can be used for that. Um, There's car repairs, you know, when you do have that like dreaded, you know, um, thing happen to your car, you take it to the mechanic, like this is going to be five grand, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, definitely policy loan can help you out in that situation. Um, And really most any really like, you know, large cost emergencies that you might have come up in unexpected expenses, like anything that, you know, again, something you may not be able to reasonably um, 
say four and six months anyways, I mean, you know, use your use your policy for it. Um, of course, business owners, you know, you can use it to make payroll, um, to front expenses before your, you know, payments come in from your, your customers. So if you need to just front cash for your business to keep it afloat, use your policy for that. I mean, really, mm-hmm. the applications are endless and only really limited by what you can you see yourself using sure. it for. Yeah, we have a lot of folks that have e-commerce businesses and buy a bunch of inventory mm-hmm. and then sell it on Amazon or something similar. And rather than using a credit card where they have to pay it off in 30 or 60 days, they can use their policy to do the exact same thing, but on their terms and in their timeline. Because because these policy loans, of course, we set our own repayment schedule. You're able to front those expenses, as you said, Holly, before the payments and the sell of, sale of that inventory comes in, and then you just pay off the loan plus profits, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. Is there any, some people just want to know, well, Holly, just tell me, uh, what's my threshold? Is it $700? Is that when I need to take a loan, anything above that? Or is there no real dollar amount? Yeah, I guess that one's a little harder because everyone's situation is, is right. so different. And and I mean, you know, of course, we're even sharing these rules of thumb with you guys. And there is a really good chance I could hop on the call, hop on a call with a client after immediately after this and then be like, oh, you know, I need I'm thinking about taking out a loan and I'll probably be able to pay it off in six months. But based on their circumstances, maybe it still makes sense, you sure. know, so I could go back on all of these. Well, sure. You yeah, know, in yeah, five yeah. minutes from now. So again, none of these are hard and fast rules. Like they're rules of thumb for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so I mean, as far as a um, exact dollar amount, dollar threshold, that one's kind of hard too. I mean, I w- I would think the six month rule might kind of help help you establish a mm-hmm. um, a dollar threshold a little yeah. bit. You know, think about what kind of expense could you just save for in six months? In six months, um, that might be your personal you know dollar threshold. I guess it's important to remember you're not forcing yourself and no one else is forcing you to pay it off in six months, you know, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. You could get three months in and be like, sorry, I'm going to just take a year off my loan repayment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, you know, if you think about it, okay, if you were to take out a loan for a hundred dollars, you know, was that really that helpful? You know, um, now, of course, though, there are those circumstances where it might be. I mean, I have had a client that, um, you know, needed to take out, they just need $300 to float these expenses for them, uh, for themselves, just for, you know, quick, short period of time, you know, because they needed it. Again, this isn't the scenario where they had the cash lying on the side anyways. Um, And so sometimes, you know, loans anywhere from, uh, $300 or less, you know, can make sense. But um, otherwise, you know, we are looking maybe for some of those higher, you know, price yeah. points for larger purchases. Well, that's right. Yeah. And and uh, that is true. You can you can repay as little as what, $25 a month on a policy loan or nothing, right? Um, if you're going to pay anything, it needs to be at least 25 to make it worth the transaction of just processing your monthly aut- debit or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no fees, right, to repay the loan or anything like that, but they, they require that minimum amount of 25 bucks or zero if you don't want to put anything in. Yep. Yep. What about a couple other rules? As we're wrapping up here, there's a couple other things that I find to be helpful as we've been using our policies over a number of years and with other clients. Um, you know, I like to sort of keep in mind a rule of thumb that it does take me about a week to get my money. And that's actually a really good way to, to stem the tide of uh, impulse buying. So mm-hmm. that's a good rule. Number two is uh, just kind of keeping that timetable of about a week or so in mind, three to five business days. 
Rule number three, uh, I like to keep an eye on my loan to value ratio. Wow, that's a that's a 50 cent word right there. <laughs> uh, what's my loan to value ratio? Well, you know, this can change depending on your stage in life. And you can loan up to 90% of your cash value. As we've said in other episodes, you know, if you've got 100 grand in cash value, you can take a loan for approximately 85 to 90%. They don't want you to drain the last penny out as a loan for fear of possibly lapsing the policy if you don't ever repay the loan in the, like in the next few years. But I like to try to keep it a little less heavy on the gas than even that. It's not smart to rev the engine of this thing so hard all the time that you're just max loaning the thing all the time, just in case you might, you know, forget about it or just ha- don't have the cash to refund the uh, loan at some point. On the other side of the spectrum, though, I do meet a lot of folks who don't keep their money in motion. You know, I'd say that there's a real value. Part of the real power of this strategy is the velocity of your money. And if your money is sitting and soaking and souring inside one of these policies, sure, it'll grow compound for the rest of your life, (laughs) which is so cool. But why keep it to just keep your money in just one place when it can do two things for you at once? So you want to keep that money in motion. So my rule of thumb for myself at my age and where I am right now in life, I try to keep my loans 50% or less of my cash value. So if I've got you know, a half million dollars in cash value, I'm going to have loans no more than a quarter million dollars. So 50%. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So to keep it enough in there for emergencies and opportunities, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, the anti-fragile episode, the barbell strategy, that's keeping enough ready, dry powder ready to go in case an emergency happens or, or opportunities pop up. Mm-hmm. And of course, that'll change over, your t- over, over time as you build up more and more cash value. You might not need if you have 10 million in cash flow, you might not need 5 million in dry powder, but maybe you do. You know, it just kind of depends on your own, you know, feelings and where you are in life. <clears throat> Which leads me to rule four, the, the last rule we'll bring up today. Budget your cash value like you budget everything else. So it's really important. Let's say you're going to use your policy to pay your property tax. Well, um, you know, if you see that nice car on the side of the road or at the dealer or whatever, don't forget about that property tax when you take a big loan for that big car, right? So that's why it's so important to budget your cash value just like you budget your normal expenses as well. And there's some really great software out there that makes this simple to do. We'd be happy to show you all that as well. And we've done another episode on it there before. You go. <laughs> um, but yeah, the key there, I guess, is just to make sure you're not double counting dollars. You know, so if you look at um, you know, $50,000 of cash value inside all your policies, it might be really easy to be like, oh yeah, $50,000, like you can allocate it to all these different things. Like, oh yeah, that, you know, could be my down payment and I could buy a car and I could do this because I can do all these things with $50,000, but you can't do all those at the same time. You know, obviously you'll, you'll run out. Um, and then of course, like we talked about when not to take out a loan. Um, Maybe it doesn't make sense to take out a loan when you, again, have the cash lying around. It's just sitting there and you don't have um, enough room inside your policies to purchase more PUAs, put those extra lump sums in. And also, you know, maybe you have this extra cash, but it's just kind of a a one-time thing, not necessarily consistent. And so you don't see it as being able to sustain a whole new policy. Um, Because of course, that's always an option as well. Throw it inside a new policy, take it right back out. Um, But, you know, maybe you're like, hey, actually, this was just, you know, a bonus I got. And I really, I can't count on this happening again, or, you know, probably doesn't make sense to start a whole new one. Then maybe just take the cash, 
buy, you know, whatever it was you had in mind and, you know, it'll it'll all work out. Makes sense. Have, have you ever seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Of course. Of course. All of us have. <laughs> of course, there's that scene that none of us remember. I kind of hadn't, I forgot about it where, um, what's his name? George goes to um, Mr. Potter, the banker, the big greedy banker. And he's in trouble because his bank, you know, doesn't have any real money in it, which, you know, that's actually uh, an upcoming episode. Um, but uh, but uh, George shows him his life insurance and asks for a loan. Did he catch that? He has a life insurance policy and he's asking the banker for a loan. Now, when I first saw that, it was sort of like thinking, well, how, how the heck does that work, right? Uh, how, how do I be like saying, hey, I've got this auto insurance policy here. Let me have some money. It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, until I realized that you can use your policy as collateral for a traditional bank loan. So here's an example where maybe uh, you need access to more money than your cash value has. So that's one scenario where that might make sense. And Holly, I know you've got another option here too, where if you have to go back to the banker, which we really don't like you doing, but there are some circumstances, maybe there's that really sweet 80-unit apartment building down the street, and maybe you don't have enough cash value to buy 80-unit apartment building today, mm-hmm. use your policy as a down payment or as collateral. Uh, banks love cash value life insurance as collateral for loans. Why? Because they know even if I croak on the way home from work today, they're going to get their their money back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's one way to sort of uh, but just ke- keep that in mind that they become a uh, claim. They have a claim to some of that money inside the policy. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Holly? Yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's kind of thinking about, I guess, cr- creatively thinking of ways to still be using the bank, right. you know, at to your convenience mm. that rather than their own. Even once you're in a situation where you can be the own ba- your own banker, when does it maybe make sense to still kind of see what you can get out of, get out of the banks maybe too. And so, um, you know, you can do that by using your policy as collateral. Another example is um, maybe just kind of seeing uh, what interest rates would be available for, for certain things. And again, using the bank um, to your advantage rather right. than theirs. And so, you know, maybe if you do stumble across, you've got great credit, great, you know, everything, and you do stumble across one of those like 0% for five years on a car loan, or maybe it's some appliances to like, we'll give it to you for, for 0% interest for three years, whatever it may be, maybe sometimes that does make sense. If you if it's truly going to be 0%, read the fine print, make sure that that's Same actually, cash. Yep. yeah, mm-hmm. make sure that that's exactly what you're, what you're getting. And yeah, I mean, maybe it does make sense to take that 0% and, um, you know, rather than paying the, you know, five percent interest on a loan which is really only about two and a half percent apr but still you know that's Mm -hmm. money in your pocket and maybe by cutting up the payment over three years or five years whatever it may be it actually allows you to do more with that money Uh, maybe it allows you in that same time period to start another policy because it's just you know small payments over the course of a couple years rather than a huge um, lump sum that sort of thing so there's still ways you can use banks to your advantage just make sure you're reading the fine print and you do want to make sure you're in a good position to be able to do that. Again, keep in mind, you're still going to lose the flexibility of being able to make payments whenever you want. You know, a payment's still going to have to happen every single month or they could take it away. Um, That sort of thing. So um, definitely keep all those things in mind. But again, might make sense to use the bank, might make sense to use your own policy loan. Um, At the end of the day, just talk to us Mm -hmm. (laughs) about it. Um, But, you know, these are just some of the rules of thumbs that we've come up with. Talk to us and remember that you are in control 
when you've got the cash. You know, who, who makes the, you know, what's the golden rule? It's the whoever has the gold makes the rules. Well, when you have the money in your policy, you can choose one way or the other exactly mm-hmm. how and when to make your purchases. Yep, absolutely. And so um, I hope that this was helpful for those of you out there that had some questions on taking out a loan or not taking out a loan. Um, Hope that you found it valuable and just want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.